Wembanyama. 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 That's uh, this kid. And Scooter Henderson, is that the other kid? Scoot Henderson, yeah. Scoot. So it's not Scooter, it's just Scoot? No, if you ask my partner, Drew Schiller, it's Scooty, but it's it's Scoot. Scoot Henderson. Yeah. Well, we're not going to talk much about them, but they're the future of the NBA if, if they stay healthy, especially especially Wembanyama. But uh, we're not going to just talk about that. The Golden State Warriors are just around the corner. Kevin Dana, the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors, joins me. I always love his expertise, particularly for the up-and-coming players and just the Warriors in general. We're going to break it all down next. It's going to be fun as usual. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. So is Kevin Dana. You can follow him on Twitter at Kevo408. You can follow me, Cyrus Sauces, on Twitter at Dog Surf Roadshow. You are out in Henderson, Nevada. You're calling these games. I can't remember if I've ever been excited or even interested about a preseason G League team playing a French national team. <laughs> Yet there I was last night watching the entirety of that game on ESPN2. They're playing again Thursday. You just enlightened me of that before we started recording. Well, how is it going out there, man? And, and describe the experience of one of the most fascinating things in basketball in recent history, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so I didn't do Tuesday's game. I'll be doing Thursday's game, noon on ESPN2. But it was, you know, I saw – Kevin O'Connor tweet this out. This was kind of like a where were you when kind of game. I mean, I, I'm sitting next to veteran reporters, like college basketball reporters, been doing it, you know, for a couple of decades. I'm not going to say their names because, you know, I, I, you know, I, I want to kind of keep their uh, – what's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, kind of privacy for now. I'm, I'm not sure they would, like, be worried if I said this or not, but – uh, go along with me here. And then like another NBA reporter who, who's you know been doing it for decades as well. These are like serious, serious reporters. Every time Victor Wembanyama makes a play, they're like, you know, touching each other like little school children. Like, oh, did you see that? Giggling. Like it was one of those kind of things. Just like hadn't seen anything like this before with, with Victor Wembanyama. I mean, the guy is seven five, according to some people with a seven with an eight foot wingspan. And he went seven of 11 from three and had five blocks. Like, I mean, I watched I watched one of his games earlier this year in uh, the BetClick Elite League, uh, formerly the Jeep Elite League, France Pro A. Uh, they changed sponsorship this year, I guess. But uh, I saw him block somebody on his third jump, like a couple of pump fakes, bid on both, and then third. But like his reaction time is pretty pretty incredible for a guy of his stature. Just, I mean, yeah, last night was was unreal. Like. There was a lot of hype going in that game, and it somehow exceeded the hype because both number one and number two, uh, Wembenyama and Scoot, like just performed out of their minds. Yeah, you know, um, I, I think you still need some work on understanding what the people want with the podcast. I want names, man. Who are some of these people that were going giddy? You just don't want to drop names. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I was sitting around quite a few guys, but like just like everyone that I was around was just like, oh my god god like these guys are 
uh, just incredible. Everyone's turning to each other. I'm sitting next to a writer from Sports Illustrated, ESP, a couple of ESPN people, and it's just, I mean, these are hardened reporters, right? They're, no cheering in the press box, as they say, but people yes. couldn't help themselves. Like, they were oohing and on with the crowd. As wow. Was yeah, I, I mean, let's talk, let's talk. First of all, it, there's a clear reason why I love Danny Ainge as a GM. First of all, I, I love GMs that are just active, um, that see the writing on the wall. Like, if something's not working, they don't just sit there and and wait. You know, two years after everyone else realizes this player is not going to work out, this team's not going to work out. He just makes moves. I love it. And clearly, like his fire sale this off season had this in mind: these two players, right? Yeah. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder come to mind. The San Antonio Spurs come to mind. Um, and Wembanyama, again, that's a name yeah, that I'm going to have to work on for a little bit. It does not roll off the tongue. Um, I heard someone compare him to Ralph Sampson, uh, I, which actually, I and then I heard that comparison, and then I watched him play, and I was like, I see that a little bit. Uh, I don't remember Ralph shooting that good from three. Yeah. Uh, I've heard he's listed as seven, two. I heard the broadcasters last night, call him seven, four. You're saying seven, five. I've, what, are your, what are your impressions of this kid, man? Like it, like when he's in the NBA a year from now, I mean, he's, he's a consensus number one pick clearly. Uh, and the Scoot Henderson consensus number two pick would have been number two in a lot of, other, I mean, number one in a lot of other drafts. Yeah. What is your personal opinion of when Banyama? Like, how do you think he's going to fare in the NBA? Does he compare to anyone? Well, what's your analysis? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the concern is his frame, right? Like, you know, we just saw Chet Holmgren suffer an injury. He's out for the year, like playing summer league, or not summer league, but, you know, one of those summer pro-amps. That's the big concern. But, I mean, this is a guy who, you know, first possess, first or second possession of the game, walks the ball up, walks his guy down into the post, and, like, just beautiful toe touch, like, just runs one in off the glass. right. He hit seven threes. Uh, like he took, he did this one thing where he caught it maybe elbow or something like that. And then just like one step and then tried to jam on someone. Uh, I can't remember if there was dribble in there or not, but it was like one of those things you're like, humans aren't supposed to do this. It's like, you know, what What was the first human? Homo habilis, then it was Homo erectus, then like, Homo <laughs> sapien, and then know. it's Victor Wembanyama, right? Like, he's an evolutionary human being. That was like 25 years ago I took anthropology, Kev, but continue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it's just like you look at this guy and you're like, we as a species aren't supposed to be able to do the things he mm -hmm. can do. And, it, I mean, yeah, we've seen – so, yeah, the, the exact height, like, apparently he was 7'4", barefoot, and then I saw really? him say 7'5". Why is he listed yeah. as 7'2", then, officially? Like, what's that all about? I think that was his height last year, right? Like, he grew. He's he's, he's, he's 18 years old. Um, so, yeah, he could have very easily been 7'2", last year. And that's one of the – yeah, like, I forget exactly what the what the roster sheet said yesterday. Uh, but, like, the, the reason there are so many different heights for this guy is because – He's still like a teenager. So you're saying he's like an X Man. You're saying like he's like the the next the next step in human evolution is what you're yeah. alluding to. He's not. I want to add like he doesn't. To me, Chet Holmgren is very different. Like Chet Holmgren is a is a stick man, dude. Like I look at Chet Holmgren and I think I could just blow on you and you'll float away into the wind. When I see like uh, uh, Wembanyama, 
I see, like, he's got some meat on him. And, and, the, and the crazy thing is that at 18, he's going to get thicker. Um, yeah. Is Durability, I feel like, is the biggest concern. I saw him, like, like uh, he took a three, and actually, it was a really dirty play. I don't know if you saw that. Like, the defender put his foot under him, and he almost ro he rolled his ankle for a brief moment there, but he was okay. Like, looking yeah, yeah that, was just, that was sketchy, man. And I'm sorry for the Warriors fans for dedicating a whole first segment to these two kids, but this could be the future. I mean, this is the – Five years from now, these two kids could be just owning the NBA, with the exception of James Wiseman and Kaminga and Moody, of course. And, uh, of course. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy, dude. I, I so you think Wembanyama is going to be like a, a megastar, and, and same with Scoot Henderson? I mean, I think they have the potential to be megastars, definitely. With the durability question, that that is a question, right? Like he played thirty-three of seventy-nine games available last year for Asphalt in Ooh. France, which is France is like pro team so he missed a lot of time he moved to this new team in France because they're only playing once a week he thought it was you know doctors tell him it's better for him to rest and they are that that totally makes sense like you don't want to overdo it when there are millions upon millions of dollars on the line so I totally yes. get why he wants to you know make this move uh, to this team that doesn't play like the Euro Cup or Basketball Champions League or Euro League, like an Asphalt would be in like that kind of other European competition. Uh, Mets 92 isn't. It also allowed them to to do this showcase. And, you know, props to, I think, Wembenyama and Mets 92 for agreeing to this, right? Like, I don't know how much he had to gain by doing this is the clear number one. I think, you know, Scoot had more to gain from this game because he's – he wants to be the number one pick. He he has gone on record saying that. Um, and, but I mean, Wemben, yeah, like the guy, he's so calm, cool, collected out there. And you know, he wants to win. Scoot wants to. I mean, those guys. It might have, don't tell those guys it was just an exhibition game yesterday. <laughs> well, it, it, it clearly wasn't. I, I, I want to finish uh, this segment on with this question: If you were an NBA GM, and right off the bat, I'll tell you this, Kev. If you really were an NBA GM, you'd be smarter than I'd say 80% of the other GMs, 70 to 80%. Just, just for me knowing you, I guarantee you are smarter than 70 to 80% of the other NBA GMs out there. With that said, uh, if you were an NBA GM and you had the number one pick in the draft, I know uh, Wembanyama is is the consensus number one, but Scoot Henderson is a baller, man. I, I mean, I, I don't want to like sleep on him and... He performed last night. I was blown away, in all honesty. Who would you pick number one? I mean, on a pragmatic level, because you're, that is a concern. Durability is a huge concern. Who would you go with? Yeah, well, let me correct you, Cyrus. I'm smarter than 0% of NBA GM. Disagree. Agree to disagree. Uh, all Agree right. Disagree. Agree to disagree. <laughs> but I am not that smart. Um, <laughs> I would almost want the number two pick in this draft. I wouldn't want to be the guy to pass up on Victor Wembanyama. I'm still taking Victor. Don't I like it. Me. I like it. You can't not take Victor Wembanyama because you can't forecast injuries on anyone. Just I, just because oh his body type usually gets injured. Like he's a different human being. Doesn't mean that he is going to suffer the injuries we project on him. Yes, sir. That's it. No, that's that is yeah. the best answer I think you could have. That, that is why. I respect your intelligence, dude, because you're right. In hindsight, the moment he said that, I'm like, you know, what? I don't, I don't want the, I don't, I wouldn't want the number one pick because that could easily become a Gary Oden situation or Greg Oden. I'm sorry, no disrespect, but I mean, look, it could be. 
I don't, I don't, I think the odds of that happening to Scoot are so much lower. <clears throat> if you're, if you have the number one pick, you don't have to worry about that dilemma. I follow, man. Yeah, I a, mean, a, I, I still want the number one pick. I'm just <laughs> saying, if I got the number two pick, I wouldn't be that upset because right. Scoot is, I mean, he's more than a consolation prize. And I mean, for, for the teams that are, uh, going to be woeful for Wembenyama or horrid for Henderson this year. They got like a 28% chance of getting one of those two guys. So, oh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, if you're going to finish with the worst record in the league, or I, I forget exactly how, how the percentage, but something like that. So, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah man, I don't have I the percentages memorized either. It's okay. I, but I, I follow what you're saying. It's just, it's crazy. So basically like the, the incentive to tank this year is going to be so much higher because you're right. The percentages like aren't great if you're buying for the number one, but if you're buying for one or two, yeah. now now like there's there's your odds are pretty decent that if you're tanking hard, you can nail one of those two spots. And it looks like you're gonna win either way. So kudos to Danny Age, kudos, kudos to RC Beerford. Is that his name? The GM of the Spurs. Yeah. Um and, and for trading DeJounte Murray. It makes sense now. I get all of it. Uh so good luck with them for this season. And we'll talk about the Warriors in just a moment. First, I got to give some love to, uh, a, a, they're a longtime sponsor. I haven't given them love in a little while. They got one of these cute overlays. If you're watching on YouTube, prize picks. I want to say this. And Kevin, I, I know uh, uh, ethically, legally, you're not allowed to bet on games because you, you're you're a play-by-play announcer for the Santa Cruz Warriors. You have inside information. It would be akin to stock trading with, with inside information. Um but is prize picks part of that? Are you allowed? It's legal in California. Yeah, I don't know. I So I don't have an ethical problem with gambling. I just can't. <laughs> Trust me, I, I do. That's why I play cards. <laughs> but, like, I, I just can't bet on sports. <laughs> so there's no ethical issue on my part. I respect your honesty yeah. so much. Well, <laughs> prize picks regardless, you should look into it because there is a possibility maybe legally you can – and if you're in California or pretty, I think pretty much anywhere in the country, there, I mean, every state's different, but prize picks is legal. I created an account. It is easily my favorite thing to play with. <laughs> that sounded awful, but uh, you, you, you know what I'm saying? It's fun. <laughs> it's pure fun, man. And the, and the way it works is you're betting on over-unders of individual accolades. For example, Stephen Curry might have an over-under of 27 points. Uh, Draymond Green might have an over-under of six and a half assists. So all you got to do is bet a minimum of two of these over-unders. Uh, you could bet as much, much as you want. I mean, you could you could increase the number of, of, of different things you pick so you can win more money. And, and that's it. So you pick two to five players, and all they got to do is score more or less than the prize pick projection. Uh, you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. It's just over-unders, man. And, and I'm telling you, once the regular season starts, I'm going to play along. I'm going to try to win people money. I'm sorry for the people that bet on uh, uh, the Rams on Monday night. I do apologize for that. I lost a lot, too, if it makes anyone feel better. Uh, but, and it could be on any sport. You can make entries in 60 seconds or less. And the safe and fast withdrawals are the best part, right? That is one of the most annoying things about sports gambling is you can easily deposit the money. But if you win and you want to get the money back, it's a pain in the ass. Not so with prize picks. It's safe and it's fast operational in over 30 states in Canada. Download the Price Picks app. They got an app. Or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 
with the promo code locked on. So again, use the promo code locked on and they'll match your deposit up to 100 bucks. And if you deposit 100, they'll give you 100. If you deposit 50, they'll give you 50. Don't forget to enter that promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. <laughs> On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Make sure you check out the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview uh, starting October 10th, a six episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NBA season. The local team experts and the NBA insiders of the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey all combining into one ultimate NBA preview starting October 10th. Search for Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I was a part of that, by the way. Uh, I was part of the panel of the contending teams. Uh, and it was fun, man. There were some 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 feisty debates going on there. I had some, uh, some strong disagreements with some of my fellow locked-on hosts in regard to who title contenders are, uh, the Warriors, and so forth. So when that comes out, take a listen. You can follow Kevin Dana on Twitter at Kevo408. So let's talk about the Warriors, man. They made some raw... I guess, did we, have we talked about Patrick Baldwin Jr. yet since uh, the, the two Jap games in Japan? Have, have we talked about that? No, I mean, this is uh, this is my first time talking with you since uh, the, the, the two games in Tokyo. Perfect. Let's get into that, man. Patrick Baldwin Jr. First game was solid. I mean, not spectacular, but solid. Second game, insanely impressive for a kid one year removed from high school, uh, a kid who did not have a great freshman year in college. He went four for five from three. Uh, in the first game, I saw him playing in the post, making fadeaway jumpers. I saw him playing stout defense, getting blocked shots and rebounds. Um, so far, so insanely good. Your thoughts on Patrick Baldwin Jr., a.k.a. peanut butter and jelly. The PBJ. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you look at the four for five and three, and I, yeah, he had, he had like a big three in the fourth quarter, yes. too, of that second game, part of that. You know, comeback effort to go 2-0 and in Japan yes, against sir. the Washington Wizards. I mean, yeah, you, you go back and watch his Milwaukee tape, and, uh, I mean, the, the shot was fluid even though it wasn't going in. And so uh, the, that was never really a concern for me. It, the, the, it was kind of like a pleasant little surprise that he could do this this soon in his preseason career. Now, does that mean he's going to get minutes – this year in the regular season, like consistent minutes, not nah, like as far as I know, players one through eleven on Golden State didn't get any worse in Japan. So, <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I still expect him to be uh, with these guys right here for a good chunk of the season. And uh, I'm pointing to my Santa Cruz Warriors polo for those of you who are listening instead of watching on YouTube. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it honestly, I didn't get a chance to watch all of both games. Uh, this is kind of a this is my fall sports season before like G League and NBA really gets rolling. So I couldn't, I don't have like a game by game, minute by minute kind of breakdown of what I thought of PPJ. Shame but, on you. Yeah, I, I know. My, my bad. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it is definitely great to see that he could be that efficient from three and, you know, his first kind of NBA setting uh, preseason games in Japan and, and hit like, meaningful threes air quotes you know in a fourth quarter of a game in which you know it's still in the balance yep incredible i'm i'm so i'm excited so far <clears throat> excuse me uh what, what are your what were your thoughts um on the warriors deciding to waive mac mcclung 
Uh, they also decided to uh, let go of uh, – I already forgot his name, the Purdue kid. Uh, Travion Williams. Thank you, Travion. I don't know why, for some reason, that is not sticking with me. Um, and, and then they and they added this kid, Lamb, who I never th- heard of. Uh, and, I, and I'm already forgetting the name of the other point guard they brought in. Uh, is it Ty Jerome? Ty Jerome. Thank you. I'm, I'm brain farting yeah. there. I spent so much time with Wembanyama that I forgot the other <laughs> Warriors youngsters. Um, what are your thoughts on those transactions, man? I mean, I know you were high on Mac McClung. Um, I, can he play for Santa Cruz still? Is that, is that now no longer an option? Um, what are your thoughts on these recent transactions? Yeah. So with Mac McClung, it's interesting because I think Santa Cruz would love to have Mac McClung, but they don't have his rights. And so if they want him, they have to trade. Hmm. They have to make a trade with the South Bay Lakers who hold his G league rights that like where there's a will, there's a way with G league trades for the most part. Now, I think they tried to trade for GP2's G League rights last year, and, and South Bay didn't budge. Uh, you'll have to double-check me on that. Or, like, okay. that's actually not something that's double-checkable, really. Um, but uh, ho- hopefully I'm not speaking out of turn there. Um, but I figure, hey, 12 months has passed the statute of limitations on that one. Um, but, like, so – if South Bay, it kind of it's a couple different things. A, can they get his rights? B, does Mac McClung want to play in the G League? Right. Um, I mean, he dominated the G League last year. He was G League Rookie of the Year. He killed Santa Cruz in a couple of different games. Um, does he want to go overseas? Yeah, I think is kind of the question he has to deal with. Hmm. Um, if he wants to play, or can another NBA team? Does another NBA team want? They still got you know what a week and a half, two weeks left of training camp. Before right. the NBA regular season starts. So he could still, like, probably what I think is going to happen is we're going to wait and see a few years, a uh, few years, few days, and see, like, he's going to try to test the NBA waters. His agent's going to be like, hey, Spurs or Jazz or Cavs, you know, pick any random NBA team. You interested in this guy for a two way contract? Because I definitely think he's a two way contract player. If he can get a two way contract, He's going to snatch that up. It's obviously not going to come from Golden State now. Right. Then if he's not able to get that, then maybe he starts to think long and hard about the G League. And I I think I would suspect that that would be kind of the move he makes because European leagues are going right now. And but the, and then you know maybe you know he gets off to a good start. If he doesn't feel like he's getting a net, like an NBA call-ups coming his way, then he would jump overseas. That could be a possibility as well. So it, it it's kind of a period of flux right now for Mac McClung. I would right, say. and and then and then what about Ty? I mean, Kerr was quoted as saying that the reason why they they decided to move on from Mac is they wanted more of a pass first player. Um, yeah. Jerome is is six six, so he's a, he's a he's a big boy, yeah. former first round pick. Yeah. Uh, Kerr sees him as more of a pass first uh, point guard. Um, what are your thoughts on Kerr's comments about about Jerome, and what do you think about him as a fit for this team? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Now, you know, he was playing for a couple of Thunder teams where if he didn't play, who was going to play just because right. of kind of their roster construction? <laughs> this guy was the number 24 pick in the draft. Like, he won a national title at Virginia. Right. Um, so I'm sure that helped boost his stock because he, he came into the NBA off that national championship. But, yeah, man, I mean, why not? I want to say – 
Now, I this would take some digging, but I want to say his first ever G League game was against the Santa Cruz Warriors. I might be confusing that with Ty Ulis, but okay. uh, but yeah, he played a little bit in the G League on assignment uh, over the last uh, over his first couple of seasons. Spent a little time in the G League bubble. I mean, I, I like it. It makes sense. Like Mac McClung is awesome, but does Golden State need that more than what Ty Jerome can give them? Right, and so I, I think that's uh, I, I think it was very fairly put by Steve Kerr. Um, yeah, no, so and and Ty Jerome's another guy. Like, if he doesn't make Golden State, if he wants to play in the G League, I'm pretty sure his G League rights are for the taking. Be a monster of a G League player to have, in right? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And then what about like a lot of fans and were. Uh, Sad to see Travion Williams waved. Uh, my, and I liked him too. I think he actually played yeah. great again. Um, and then, but there's also, uh, I, I've seen some reports that, uh, unlike Mac McClung, Travion Williams likely will play for, for Santa Cruz. Uh, yeah. do you think that too? What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I this moment I saw him sign with Golden State, I'm like, oh, he's gonna be great for Santa Cruz. Okay, like, I, I mean. You know, I don't want to doubt a guy or anything like that, but just given who was on Golden State's roster, you know, the contracts that they had already had signed, like this screamed like an Exhibit 10 signing, you know, a.k.a. he's going to the G League, like as soon as it happened. Yeah, what, could, you, uh, could you elaborate on that real quick? What is an Exhibit 10 signing? What does that mean? I've seen well, that a few times. Yeah, so what? basically it's a training camp contract. Okay. They can convert you to a two-way, put you on the full roster, but most likely – you're going to the G League, and if you spend, I think it's 60 days with the G League team, you get a $50,000 bonus. Oh. So basically, like you can, I think the max salary is 37000 now in the G League in case, unless they raise it again. So basically, instead of like your pitch to a guy is, we can pay you $87,000 to play in the G League this year. And for a guy first year out of college, like, I don't know about you. I didn't make $87,000 my first year out of college. So, nope. uh, you know, and probably his value is like a little higher. Than, I, it'd probably actually be around that in, in Europe. I, I don't quite know what, exactly what first year Euro, like European league players get if they're not already a part of like the youth system over there. So, like, I, I don't exactly know what he would have gotten had he, you know, decided to play in a top level in Europe, but like, Hey, eighty-seven thousand dollars first year with a chance to to make a little more with with a ten-day or a two-way somewhere. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty solid deal. So, um, yeah, no, I I love Travion Williams for the G League. I was stoked when when they got him. I mean, the passing ability this guy has just just the loans, the ball skills, like really really impressive. I agreed. I, um, do you think the Warriors are going to add a fifteenth roster spot, or do you think it's going to be uh they're going to stay with fourteen and then? Have Quindary, and then I guess the other question, two-part question: uh, Will yeah. they add a fifteenth player? And who do you think that second two-way deal is going to go to ultimately? I know Lester Quinones right now has that that second two-way, but I, I, I don't see that being like a set thing. I don't know your thoughts on that. So yeah, I mean, I thought Lester's biggest competitor to that two-way was Mac McClung. I mean, just from the outside looking in, and so that competition is no longer there. Um, there I would go. expect it to for Lester to hold on to it. Um, and I think kind of like similar to last year, unless someone blows their mind, 
they're not going to they're going to keep that 15th spot open last year gp2 blew everyone's mind and so he got that roster and obviously right. it was very much worth it for for everyone involved so like unless someone in these last you know couple of preseason games and really it did come down to the last preseason game for gp2 right like they actually waived him last year correct like at the end of training camp and he stayed around he was like thinking of working in the video department for golden state just just to hang around and, and and like then you know they they brought him back after a few days like you know if people want to talk about oh the you know warriors and like how they get all these you know great players and it's not fair to everyone well hey anybody else in the nba could have claimed that dude for 48 hours mm -hmm. no one did so uh you know it's 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 not all like you know andrew wiggins was thought to i mean not that he was a bust but like people like oh the book's written on andrew wiggins like uh that, that's a tangent for another day but um yeah so i i expect unless someone really comes through in these last couple of preseason games i imagine just for luxury tax purposes it would be 14 plus the two two ways. There you go. I'll end on this note. Uh, Rudy Gay. I don't I don't know if he's still in the NBA or not. Um, <clears throat> I'm actually looking that up right now. I, I, I think technically he's with the Utah Jazz, but I haven't seen him in uniform. I, I haven't heard him announce a retirement. So I don't know what's going on with him. But the reason why I bring him up is because, <clears throat> like everyone these days, he has a podcast. And on his podcast, uh, he said – that he thinks that the, this Warriors team is the modern version of the last dance. Uh, he thinks uh, Draymond, Draymond Green could leave after this year. Um, he thinks that with Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, one of the two might be gone, uh, that the dynasty might be over this year because of this. Um, kind of strong words. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on, on that opinion, which I, I think is going to start trending a little bit. Uh, that's why I bring it up now. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on those comments? Yeah, I mean, w without hearing kind of exactly what he said, I mean, it's a, it's a fair thought to have. Like the Warriors, they're staring at a massive luxury tax bill, like which it's already like beyond massive. Like decisions are going to have to be made somehow, some way someone's going to have to take a cut for all this to work or some multiple ones. Um, <laughs> so like, yeah, I mean, I don't like, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, I mean, whatever they've gotten four titles in eight years. They're well positioned for a fifth in nine years. Like, I mean, I, I don't think like this is the end of them being competitive at all. Like considering the young guys that they have in the system, um and like Steph's not going anywhere and right you know, Steph Curry <laughs> Clay's not going anywhere you're gonna, you're, you're gonna be fine so uh, <laughs> yeah I mean I don't feel like the 1999 Bulls scored 49 points in a game like an NBA record low I think they went like 13 and 37 but literally lost 82 to 49 to the Miami Heat in a game like the Golden State Warriors, they are not going to be – the 23-24 Golden State Warriors are not going to be the 1999 Chicago Bulls. I'll put it like that. Like, they'll be far go. from that. And, and I really do believe, I mean, <clears throat> that there is a possibility Draymond Green will not opt out of his contract after this year. <clears throat> Excuse me. He might um, he might actually just exercise that that player option and, and take the $25 million and 
and then play it out after that. Uh, the Warriors also could easily just offer him a new deal that might not be the max. Um, I, I think it's furthest from the last dance. Not to mention, there's a very strong possibility that uh, next year uh, the NBA is going to have a new CBA with the players and draft picks might not be penalized anymore uh, in the luxury tax. And if that happens, the Warriors are stoked. Um, yeah, if that happens, true. there is no last dance. I, I don't see any imped impediment to the Warriors keeping uh, the players that they don't want to lose, Wiggins included, just because there'll no longer be a luxury tax penalty on Draymond, on Jordan Poole, um, Wiseman. That's a decision they're going to have to face soon. Um, so, I don't know. Those are my thoughts on it. But yeah. uh, have fun in Henderson, Nevada. You're, you're calling Thank the you. Thursday night game for who? Like for ESPN2? I mean, what are it's you It's on ESPN2. Uh, the NBA hooked it up for me. Uh, so, thank you. Wait, you, will, you are the play by play announcer for Thursday night's game on ESPN2? Thursday afternoon's game. It's a noon, nooner. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Corey Alexander and myself. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll be doing play by play, Corey, on. Uh, color analysis um so yeah i haven't heard nooner like I, we used to say that when someone was shooting free throws or it's a high stakes golf match so you're like nooner nooner i, I haven't heard yeah. that in so long I, I, it's a whole like radio sports talk thing i i'd heard in the past and <laughs> it just came to me right now but yeah <laughs> noon espn2 metropolitans 92 versus g league ignite Wembenyama versus scoot uh tune in baby nooner 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 at espn2 not the ocho espn2 <laughs> um and again you can follow kevin dan on twitter at kevin four way always a pleasure my man you join the show every wednesday uh, tomorrow should be fun. Uh, I know CJ Holmes is going to join me. Um, the Warriors have a scrimmage. I might actually go out to that practice and see if I can get some footage for it. Uh, I'll post it on my Twitter account at DogSurfRoadShow. Um, I'm debating actually going to practice today, but I don't think I'm going to go to. Um, and then uh, and then Mark Jones, uh, who's the voice of the Sacramento Kings, but more importantly, he calls national games for ESPN among many sports as a play-by-play -play broadcaster. Uh, he might join me as well. Uh, so I might have either two shows on Thursday or save one of them for Friday, but that's what's coming up the rest of the week. Uh, anything you like to promote before we call it a wrap? Nah, I'm good, man. Uh, yeah, right. thanks for having me on. It's always a blast. Likewise, brother. Love you, man. We'll talk soon. Thank you, everyone.